Now, Nevada Real Estate Radio. You'll never go wrong when you get your advice from real estate professionals that you know, like, and trust. Here is your host, Peter Padilla. Hi, everybody. Welcome to Nevada Real Estate Radio. Peter Padilla here with you today. It's almost springtime, but I'm working in the winter. It is cold and snowy in northern Nevada, much later in the year that it's hanging around, but we all have to do what we have to do when we live in this beautiful part of the country and enjoy having real estate in northern Nevada. You know, a lot of times on our show, we're talking about acquiring real estate, selling real estate, maybe improving real estate and the things that have to go with that. But a lot of people deal with another issue that we haven't talked a lot about, and that's what happens after you have real estate. I mean, as far as the titling, the way that it's registered with the county, wherever your property is, the way that it's titled, it can change. You might want to change it. What happens when you do those things and you don't do it in the right way? Well, joining us later on the show is Sherry Hill from Sage International. She works with many, many real estate investors and property owners to make sure that they are incorporated properly. And along with that, to make sure that the properties are titled properly. But sometimes people want to do things on their own. We're going to find out what happens when they make an attempt to make changes on their own, when they're holding real estate equities, and the consequences of those attempts to make changes without using a professional. We'll also look at the latest headlines from the national news when it comes to what's happening in the world of real estate across America. Finally, we'll look at the stats from the Reno Sparks Association of Realtors and see how that might impact your decisions or your thoughts about buying or selling real estate. We'll be back with Sherry Hill after this quick message. If you want the best tax and legal secrets used by successful real estate investors today, contact Sherry Hill, the wealth protection diva at Sage International Incorporated a local company that's been helping new as well as seasoned real estate investors for over 20 years protect their hard-earned wealth today. To schedule a free 30-minute consultation with Sherry, call 775-786-5515. That's 775-786-5515 to strategize with the Wealth Protection Diva today. Call Sage International. The most productive hour of your week. Here is your host, Peter Padilla. And we're back on Nevada Real Estate Radio. We are in our 18th year of weekly broadcasts of our radio show. I know we've helped thousands and thousands of people make great decisions when it comes time to buy or sell real estate. We also work with a lot of real estate professionals. I'm talking about realtors, title, escrow, appraisers, lenders, And many of those people need just one bit of information sometimes to turn a deal that can't be done into the deal of a lifetime. Joining us on our radio show, Sherry Hill, the wealth protection diva from Sage International. Welcome to our show, Sherry. Oh, thank you, Peter. I put my snow boots on to get here. Oh, yeah, yeah. We'll put that parka right over there, and then we can start getting rolling. Well, Sherry, I'm just so excited about this year because I think we're going to have a great year in many ways, real estate. Uh, We have a lot of water in northern Nevada. You and I are beekeepers. We're going to have a good year and season of beekeeping. 
But a lot of people, you know, every year they want to change the way that their properties are titled, change the way that their assets are held for a variety of reasons. It might be because of a loss of a spouse or maybe getting married and getting a new spouse, children, uh, businesses, all sorts of things. I heard you not long ago talking with a client of yours about titling of property, and he talked about how he had done something on his own or somebody had done something on their own thinking that they can go ahead and proceed and, you know, life goes on, times goes on. And then months later, he gets a phone call. Would you tell us our – let our listeners know about this particular property and uh, how it works when somebody tries to do changes in their title structuring on their own? Well, I deal with a lot of real estate investors, and I also deal with a lot of people that are setting up their living trusts. And in order to properly fund their living trust, we have to move that real estate under it. And then for real estate investors, of course, depending on where the property is and the type of entity that we formed, you need to make sure that asset is now held by that LLC. And so, of course, I do a lot of that work and help a lot of people uh, effectively transfer because of my huge background in escrow and working with so many investors. But what I have found is that people who don't stay in their lane, meaning they're not doing their area of expertise, so they think they can do all these things on their own. And then, in this particular example, the client who really didn't speak English well, decided that she was going to form her own entity, put the daughter on the entity, and she wanted to move a piece of real estate that she held under that entity. Well, the problem was that the daughter, being now part of the LLC, she can't just record a deed moving it under it because you're going to affect reassessment, you're going to affect transfer tax, and all kinds of things. Mm -hmm. So had she come to someone who knows what they're doing, I never would have done that so that we can make sure that the entity matches the way you're supposed to hold title. And unfortunately, now it requires amendments and all kinds of other things to do so it can get very costly. I'm sure that the client is somewhat bewildered and puzzled, Sherry, because things look so simple. You just go online and you read the instructions and you check the box or you put in whatever you need to fill in the blanks and away you go. But I know that when people make changes to what's already on record, that's where things get a little complicated because you essentially add another person onto a deed. Is that like a sale of a, of a transaction? Does that look like a sale to the uh, recording offices? Well, it's not necessarily a sale, but it can affect due on sale. It can affect a cloud on title. It can cause tax consequences for the person you just put onto it. So there's so many reasons that, especially when you're dealing with real estate, you need professionals that understand the chain of title. And when you add entities into that mix to make sure that it's titled correctly. I've had people that we form their entity, we move the real estate inside the entity, they let the entity go, meaning they don't pay the annual renewal fees, and now we're three, four years down the road, they decide they want to sell the property, or one of the people uh, passed away, and it is locked up. Oh my. Because some states don't allow you to reinstate or bring it current, which can be very expensive. 
So I have a lot of clients call, oh, I don't want to use this entity anymore. What assets do you have in it? What? Well, I own real estate in it. So you're going to dissolve the entity that holds title to the real estate without moving the real estate outside of the entity. Good luck trying to sell it in the future. <laughs> Boy, that sounds like a lot of trouble down the road. And, you know, the people that you're dealing with, let's face it. We deal with a lot of real estate investors, real estate professionals. They all seem to be pretty darn smart, Sherry, on the top of their game. Why is it so complicated when they maneuver out of their lane to try to do some of this work? Because those aren't my clients. And so my clients understand that, you know, a quick phone call, let's figure it out, what needs to be done, let's just get it done, versus those that show up after the fact, after they've created the mess, and then I have to clean it up. So my caution to people is while everything looks simple, forming entities, transferring real estate, it is not because the consequences down the road of those decisions are what's going to come back and bite you on the butt. Sherry Hill, the wealth protection diva at Sage International, is my radio guest today. Sherry Hill, you deal with a lot of real estate investors, way beyond those that are just in Nevada. When it comes to properties in other states, let's take, the, for example, this, this client that you're talking about. Uh, is it possible that if a client has some property, let's say, in Texas, some properties in Florida, and maybe a property or two in Michigan, um, there are different complications involved because of the different states and the state rules? Absolutely. And so that's part of the strategy we develop. Can we use one entity to hold all the properties? Do we need to form separate entities in those states? So again, it's always about uh, upfront conversation to find out what are you doing now? Where are you going to be investing? What are the goals? I have people that say, I'm going to start investing in a particular state. And if that state allows for series LLCs, which I absolutely love, then that's what I'm going to choose and that's what we're going to form. Not every state recognizes them. So knowing that too, when can I take an entity and when do I need to foreign qualify it in a state because it's holding real estate there. It's very complicated. And then it gets even more interesting because it's just about forming the entity. Every single county in this nation is completely unique as to what you have to do, what you have to present, and what you have to go through in order to transfer title of that real estate inside an LLC. You know, sometimes I think, Sherry, that people try to make changes on their own, minor changes like adding a person to the title or removing somebody from a, a title or a deed. A very simple process, it seems like, but when it gets to the recorder's office, when it gets to the final compliance check, if there's a variation there, it can create not only a problem now, but a lot of problems down the road. Well, sure, because recorders reject a lot of recordings. And the other thing that's always interesting is, you know, because I deal with a lot of people that have formed living trusts, and I work with a lot of third party who send their deed work to me so that I can title it effectively under their trust, and they come up with these goofy names for their trust, right? And so now I have to work to prove to the county or the assessor or whomever that that is, in fact, a living trust. And so there's so much that you need to understand, and of course, I've been doing this so long, I get it. It's very easy. 
phone call. Let's have a conversation. Let us do the work. Let's get it done right the first time so you don't end up with a problem. Maybe it's not this year. Maybe it's five, ten years down the road. Do you want to visit with Sherry Hill? Visit the website, sageintl.com. And Sherry, your phone number, 800 254 Five seven seven nine. I bet you do a lot of your business on the telephone. Oh, all of it and Zoom, and but most of it's telephone, and really appreciate it. The other one thing I want to mention with real estate is I have a lot of tools in the toolbox. So when it comes to people that are buying investment real estate or exiting investment real estate, it isn't like I just have to sell it and take the tax hit. A lot of tools in the toolbox. It behooves people to reach out and find out what are their options to avoid, extend, or eliminate capital gains taxes. Sherry Hill, when we come back from this break, I'd like to talk to you about the difference of working with you, the Wealth Protection Diva, to make some of these proper changes on real estate all across the country and just going, let's say, to your local title company. We'll be back after this. A gratifying career as a CSA Head Start teacher or early Head Start teacher is your chance of a lifetime. Hello, I'm Yvette Clark, and I've been in northern Nevada for over 50 years, and I've worked at CSA for one year. We do a family restaurant-style eating at Early Head Start, and the kids try all new foods. We would love to have you join us. Give us a call if you're interested, 775-786-6023. We're back on Nevada Real Estate Radio. I am talking now to future homeowners and future home sellers, probably five years old, six years old, maybe a 10 or 12-year-old person, somebody in high school perhaps. You are a potential homeowner down the road, probably a great client for a mortgage. But right now, you're just trying to get a great education. Sometimes it's tough to get a great education in America because of all of the radical changes that are taking place all across the country in our school systems, in the public awareness. Some people just need some additional help with their studies, math, science, and reading. That's why I recommend for people to visit a very important website, empoweryouthfoundation.org. What a great team of professionals they have here in northern Nevada so they can help young students excel in their academic studies and become the persons that they want to be, successful persons, potential homeowners, potential borrowers, potential business owners, politicians. The young people of America, like the young people of northern Nevada, need your help. You can help them by supporting this great organization. Visit the website empoweryouthfoundation.org and tell them that Peter sent you. With me in the studio today, Sherry Hill, the Wealth Protection Diva at Sage International. Sherry, I hope you're enjoying being on our show today. I am. Thank you very much. So, Sherry, I know that you have experience in the title and escrow world. And because of that, I'm sure you can see a big difference in the way that people handle their situations with title, with escrow, with deeds, with living trusts, that has a big difference, I'm sure, between what title and escrow people do and what you do. But just for the sake of our listeners who might have that question, why can't we just go to a local title or escrow office to get this work done? Well, because most are, you know, knee deep in transactions and they're just not going to do a deed if somebody walks in off the street. Yeah, they're supposed to be working on transactions that are for buyers and sellers, right? When we're talking about 
making sure the property is titled property or transferred properly to a living trust. Uh, there's not a real estate deal going on there, but it is heavy in the world of real estate. Absolutely. And so part of having an effective living trust is to fund that trust. And part of funding that trust is moving your personal real estate, your home, personal residence, title it under that trust along with other assets. In the world of real estate investing, obviously we're using LLC, series LLC, sometimes limited partnerships, we need to make sure that that asset is properly titled under that entity so that the entity can collect the rents and pay the expenses. And the main reason we're doing that is so that you have asset protection, liability insulation, if anything should happen on that property. So when you become a property owner and you're now titled as the owner of real estate, there's an element of responsibility. But there's also an element of liability when you have real estate, especially if you have investment real estate. If it's not held properly, Sherry, what are some of the things that can happen? Well, you can certainly get sued. So I always say you have several lines of defense. So your first line of defense is the entity because that separates you from the property. Second line of defense is insurance because it's going to cover things should there be a slip and fall or a roof cave in or a fire. However, insurance doesn't protect you against lawsuits mechanics liens, things that can potentially happen as you are cleaning up or improving on that investment real estate. The other thing with investment real estate is a lot of people invest with partners. And so we want to make sure that you're structured effectively so that if one of you wants to exit out down the road, you're not all tangled up. So I have the ways to do it and are excited to help a lot of people pool their funds, but do it smart and effective. I had a mentor many years ago, Sherry Hill, and he talked to me about having a partner in a business. And he said, Peter, there's one very important rule about partners. I said, what's that rule? He says, don't. I, I, I didn't understand that. He says, Peter, when you take on a partner, you take on a lot of liability. You take on a lot of risk of relationships changing. And you have the risk because you only have half control if you have one partner, a full partner, in your business and in your operations. You need to make sure that you're picking the right person. And in most cases, he said, I recommend that people do not have partners. I recommend that you do it on your own if there's any way, shape, or form. If you need to borrow money, if you need to delay your plans, accelerate your plans, you're always better off than having partners. But obviously, Sherry, you deal with a lot of partners, and I guess the way that they would protect themselves is by the incorporation. Yes, and so using entities correctly, uh, yeah, certainly. I work with a lot of people that pool funds and invest together, and so I have, of course, the, the right strategies, how to do it effectively so that everyone uh, wins in the end. The topic of our program is about not doing, your, doing these kinds of changes on your, on your properties, on your deeds, on your titles, especially if you're going into a living trust, if that's what your goal is to put everything together. Uh, you definitely don't want to tackle this on your own. You want to deal with a professional like Sherry Hill here at Sage International. But Sherry, talk to us about why. Why do people want to put properties into living trusts? What is the value of having a living trust? Well, it's to avoid probate, first and foremost. 
And so when you think about it is we age and eventually we're going to die. And if I have any kind of assets that are titled or registered and all of a sudden I pass away, who is legal to sign my name to say I'm going to sell or transfer that asset? Mm -hmm. And so a living trust is designed to lay out all the written instructions so that you have named who your successor trustee, these are the assets held by the trust, here's how I want them disposed of, and who has the authority to act on my behalf. And if you have all of your paperwork done, Sherry Hill, on a living trust, and then you as the trust holder pass away, how long, how much of a delay is there before your assets are transferred according to what you said on your living trust? If you have kids that are going to get part of your assets, if you have friends, family members, you've got everything laid out there, does it take a long time? No. It can, it's very short time relative to if you had to go into a probate. Probates well, can take over a year, depends on the amount of asset. We have a dear friend who had to go and move back to the state of New York because her brother passed and he only had a will. And she spent over a year, it's still not completely done, trying to A, sort out all of his assets, B, figure out how to effectively distribute them, but having to deal with the lawyers and the courts and the cost and the time and the frustration and the energy to just solve it. Had he had a living trust it would have been done in weeks or even sometimes months. And for simple estates, it can be done in days. It's really amazing, Sherry, that uh, people have so many problems with real estate and the way that they hold the properties. And then when you get another factor in like a living trust, uh, it seems like, again, smart, smart people are doing this work. And yet many times they make that one mistake. And that mistake is not going for professional services, not talking to an expert like yourself to help them with what could be a very complicated transaction. And I would have to guess that it's because people think that it's a simple thing to do. But, you know, look, often I find that the simplest things are the ones that are the most complicated because they look simple for a reason. They look simple, but they're not simple. And I would imagine that when people discover this, that they maybe made a mistake or they should have gone to a professional, it's not because they're sitting around at home looking at their old paperwork or looking at some old notes. It's because something needs to be done like right now, an emergency maybe. Maybe somebody has passed. Maybe somebody has gotten married. I bet a lot of your work is like it's got to be done now. It's, it's an urgent thing. Absolutely. I, I do work with a lot of people that I'm helping them to move their real estate inside their living trust and done it where literally these people are on their deathbed. And so, but it is critical that it get done, signed, notarized, and then recorded. And so there is sometimes a sense of urgency when people finally figure out, hey, it's time to be doing my estate plan. However, recommendation always is this is something you need to be thinking about now put the steps in place reach out to the professionals who can help you and just get it done so you have peace of mind you know sherry i have a friend who has an elderly parent uh, had an elderly parent that parent passed away a few months ago but what my friend was telling me a few months before that he's saying that he thought he had everything in line uh, because he was his parents 
power of attorney. And he said, well, since I have power of attorney, Peter, I can take care of everything uh, now and after my parent dies and I've got power of attorney and I'm going to, here's what I'm going to do with this and here's what I'm going to do with that. And, uh, well, let our listeners know what that means. Well, power of attorney ends upon death. So a power of attorney is something I grant to an individual while I'm alive to handle whether it's medical decisions or financial decisions. But once I pass, that power of attorney is no longer effective. So that power of attorney is really worthless once the older person, once the person that gave power of attorney passes away. Does that the, does the individual, in this case, did my friend retain any kind of rights or authority after the parent passed? No, unless there was a living trust in place. Yeah. yeah. So the living trust is kind of a the next phase of power of attorney, right? It gives you that control. Uh, I hear, too, about executors after a person passed. They might leave somebody as their executor. If somebody has a living trust, do they still need to have an executor? Well, the language can get complicated, but typically it's a successor trustee. It can be an executor. Mm-hmm. It's whoever you have appointed during your lifetime and given authority to go ahead and handle your affairs once you cannot, whether mm. you're incapacitated or incompetent or you have passed. I was uh, aware when I talked to my friend, and I told him he needed to get a living trust. He went ahead and did that, got that taken care of, and thank God everything was taken care of in good order. But a lot of people still... When they become executors, they think that they now have full control before their elderly person dies, after the person dies, and we know that's not true. If somebody is, let's say right now, let's say somebody is a power of attorney for a elderly parent, uh, I would think that's a red flag, essentially. I'm a power of attorney. I better make sure there's a living trust or a trust someplace. Is that a good thought process? Absolutely, and most... um Legal document preparers who prepare trusts include those power of attorneys with their trust package. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. you want to make sure you have all the right documents to handle everything while your parent or spouse or whomever, significant other, um, is alive so that when something happens, they become incapacitated where power of attorney might kick in versus they pass and now the full trust kicks in. The great information, Sherry Hill. I know more and more people are thinking about their future and what happens after they're gone from this world. They have heirs. They have family. They might have young children or parents or siblings or loved ones that they want to make sure are taken care of in some way, shape, or form from their own assets. Sounds to me like the only real way to do this is to make sure that you have a personal family trust before you pass away. Absolutely. I highly recommend it. Sherry Hill, we have to take a break, but when we come back, we're going to look at the stats from the Reno Sparks Association of Realtors. I want to let my listeners, too, know about a great event that I attended recently here in northern Nevada. It's all part of living in the great northern Nevada state. We'll be back after this. While the kids are being cared for at Early Head Start, parents are able to maintain a job, go back to school, do whatever they need to do to support their family. Hi, my name is Miss Camilla. I work for Early Head Start. I am in the baby room. I absolutely love it. I love working with the babies. They are newborns to one-year-olds, and it's just very, very heartwarming. If you want a great job and love kids, come see us at Head Start and Early Head Start. 
If you want the best tax and legal secrets used by successful real estate investors today, contact Sherry Hill, the wealth protection diva at Sage International Incorporated, a local company that's been helping new as well as seasoned real estate investors for over 20 years protect their hard-earned wealth today. To schedule a free 30-minute consultation with Sherry, call 775-786-5515. That's 775-786-5515 to strategize with the Wealth Protection Diva today. Call Sage International. The most productive hour of your week. Here is your host, Peter Padilla. I'm having a great time on Nevada Real Estate Radio. Yes, we are in our 18th year of weekly broadcasts. And I love talking with the pros that I get to have visit us in the studio. Today, it's no different. Sherry Hill from Sage International is joining us. She's known as the Wealth Protection Diva, I'm sure for a lot of reasons. But I think one of those reasons might be because she has been that diva for such a long time. Sherry Hill, is it true? 30 years in business? Absolutely. Sage International, we celebrate 30 years this June. Wow. So I consider myself, I have a PhD from the School of Hard Knocks of Business. <laughs> well, you sure do. And I know you've helped just a ton of people, not only here in Nevada, but all across the country. Uh, when people start buying and selling real estate from one state to another, they might hold pot properties in different states or move. They want to move from one state to another, which is happening a lot now. Uh, that's when your services really come to play. You're kind of in the moving business, aren't you? Was, uh, yes, absolutely. I have a lot of clients, believe it or not, leaving California, and mm-hmm. they're moving to Texas and Florida and oftentimes in the Midwest, and they've been in business. And so they need to know, can I take that same entity and do business in the new state? And so we have a lot of strategy for how we help those clients, whether they want to keep that same entity or start over. So people that I talk to often on my radio show, Sherry, they're talking about buying or selling real estate. They want to look if the the you know the pricing is proper, that the interest rates are proper, the terms, the locale, et cetera. And it seems to a lot of casual listeners, I'm sure, that once the transaction is done, it's done. But many times there are changes that mount afterwards. So let's say somebody buys their primary residence and they live in it for a few years. The deal's done. They're happy with the interest rate. They're happy with the location. But somebody decides that they want a bigger house. So they shop for a bigger house. They put an offer. It gets accepted. And then they decide, rather than selling the old house, let's turn it into an investment property. Let's rent it out. We'll get some cash flow from that house that'll help us pay the mortgage on our new house. It's a pretty common scenario, right? Yes, absolutely. When that happens, though, they not only own two houses in their name, they have an investment property in their name. And even though they have not incorporated Sherry, is that still known as an investment property once they start renting it out? Absolutely. And, uh, you know, when we call rentals or investment property, it could be Airbnb, it could be a straight 12-month tenant, it could be all kinds of things that you're doing with that real estate. And so it's always good to have a conversation. Let's decide if you need to move it into an LLC here again for asset protection, especially in the world of the Airbnbs where you've got people coming and going. So I have a lot of clients that set up entities to handle that type of investments. Sherry, I come from a large family, and 
it's pretty common in my family that uh, in the case, for instance, of my older brothers, many times they purchased a home to live in with their family. And then as the family grew up, my brother moved them to a bigger home. But they, he kept the old home and he let one of his oldest kids live there. And he helped his kid, you know, grow and prosper by helping him with that home. He did the same thing for his second child, his third child, his fourth child. Well, here my brother is owning four homes that he's not living in because he's got his own home. But his kids are living in these other homes. Do you think it's a good idea for him to incorporate those properties, even though it's a family member that's living there? Absolutely, because you don't have control over who your family brings to their home. Well, I'll say. (laughs) And, you know, the other thing is, too, is, you know, unless you're exceptionally wealthy and you can afford to maintain four or five homes, why not sell it to the kid and carry a note? So that now they're making payments, they're building up credit, you're delaying your capital gains, and eventually that child ends up with the home. And what kind of problems, like you talked about, you never know who that child is going to bring into a home. What what happens if that child uh, was to uh, have a live-in that wants to come in and move in or decides to get married and has that person move in? Um, you know, what are some of the issues that can come up that we need to be aware of that could jeopardize the holding of that investment? Well, I mean, you know, people change. And so, you know, you have to look at your family dynamics and now all, all these other people are coming in. So you want to protect those assets. If the goal is to have the child end up with the house and sell it to them now. I mean, you know, it just there's so many ways you can deal with real estate that there's no single answer. So the key is to give you a call and ask for some professional guidance. Yes. Sherry Hill, you are a wealth of information, and that's why I recommend people talk to you at Sage International. I'm going to put the phone number here, 800-254-5779, or visit sageintl.com. Don't you just love your work, Sherry? I do. I absolutely do. I get to travel vicariously through all my clients, which means I get to go all over the world. You sure do. And speaking of going all over the world, you and I took a trip just a little over a week ago We went to Yarrington, Nevada, to the annual Nevada State Beekeepers Conference. I tell people beekeeping is one of the great things you can do when you become a homeowner because you don't have to worry about talking to your landlord about the idea of being a beekeeper and helping save our planet. You can do that all on your own. Let our listeners know a little bit about our jaunt to beautiful Yarrington, Nevada, Sherry Hill. It was so much fun. And what I loved about this particular beekeepers conference, I think this is the seventh one I've been to, is that you really learn about the industry of beekeeping and all the cool trends and innovations and science, along with hanging out with all kinds of beekeepers at might be your neighbors, but they come all the way up from southern Nevada. They come in from California and Utah, sometimes even Washington and Oregon. So it's just really an eclectic, fun bunch of people. We're all learning. We're all getting educated on what is new and fun and innovative in the world of beekeeping. The food is outstanding. And it's just fun to be in Yearington. It's like a little staycation. You know, Sherry, that's all very, very true, and I love going there, too. But i got to tell you, one of the things I absolutely love the most are these intelligent people that I meet. I had no idea that beekeepers were so smart. 
I mean, not as beekeepers, but it's the other things they do. Some of the beekeepers I talk to, well, they're real estate investors themselves. Some of them own businesses all across the country, here in northern Nevada, too. Some of those beekeepers are high-tech engineers. In fact, I was at a recent beekeeping meeting, and I got to see my very first 3D printer in action. I just couldn't believe it. I thought that it would take hundreds of thousands of dollars to see a beekeeping process being done with a digital 3D printer. But that wasn't the case. I was told by this engineer beekeeper that those 3D printers start at just about $1,000. And he was building many, many items and apparatus for the beehives, very small but very detailed. He was doing that right in front of our eyes. That little 3D printer was the most amazing thing. At first, it looked like it was just painting. But little by little, layer by layer, the item that he was printing started to take shape and magical. It was amazing. And what he was printing was a new invention for the health of honeybees to protect honeybees that obviously no one had ever been able to put together. Maybe they thought about it. Maybe they dreamt about it. But a 3D printer discovery at a beekeeper's meeting, that's what amazes me. Absolutely. And when you think of the industry of beekeeping, of course, you have the whole world of commercial beekeepers that move their bees all around the country to do massive pollination like the almonds in California. You go up into the East Coast states and you've got blueberries and cherries and all kinds of things that have to be pollinated up into Washington, the apples, the pears. So commercial beekeeping, it is a whole different level. Then you have us, the hobby, urban beekeepers. And what's fascinating is you got beekeepers in San Francisco that have hives on their roofs, you <laughs> yeah, know? Yeah. And so it's a fun and innovative way to learn what are people doing? What are people inventing? What are people doing to help the, uh, for the challenges of beekeeping, meaning keeping healthy bees. Mm -hmm. And it's just such a fascinating world. And what's even more exciting, more than any other conference, kids. We are seeing younger and younger kids attending our meetings. And it's fascinating because we need these kids that are thinking futuristically about agriculture, best practices, beekeeping, hive health, all those things, and they are our future. That is an amazing viewpoint, Sherry Hill. I love beekeeping too, and I feel so good about the developments that I'm seeing over the past few years of people's awareness of the importance of pollinators and honeybees in North America. I want to thank you for being a beekeeper. Thank you for being a beekeeper. <laughs> and it is so much fun. Sherry Hill, I've enjoyed our conversation today. We'll put all of your contact information on our website, nevadarealestateradio.com. We'll make it easy for people to find you. Awesome. Well, be well, Peter. Yes, and I'm <laughs> encouraging our listeners, too, to tune in to The Sherry Hill Show. She's in her 14th year of weekly broadcasts, and you can pick up her podcast and broadcast by visiting her website, SherryHillShow.com. We'll be back with the stats from the Reno Sparks Association of Realtors. Take a look at the pricing, the cost per square foot, how many available units are available for purchase now and have been sold, and more after this quick message. 
If you love teaching and want to make a difference in the lives of our young children, become a teacher at Community Services Agency Head Start or Early Head Start programs. Hi, my name is Alyssa. I am new to Community Services Agency of Reno. I have a great teaching career at Head Start and Early Head Start, and I just absolutely love working here. Call 775-786-6023 or visit the website csareno.org. If you want the best tax and legal secrets used by successful real estate investors today, contact Sherry Hill, the wealth protection diva at Sage International Incorporated, a local company that's been helping new as well as seasoned real estate investors for over 20 years protect their hard-earned wealth today. To schedule a free 30-minute consultation with Sherry, call 775-786-5515. That's 775-786-5515 to strategize with the Wealth Protection Diva today. Call Sage International. Natakwa. Natakwa News, the original, entertaining, informative, and historic publication. Natakwa News is a community newspaper with good news, history, travel, and fun. Natakwa News is delivered to the north slopes of the Sierra Nevada throughout Nevada and California. It's a delightful experience of yesteryear. The articles are outstanding, and the illustrations bring the stories to life. Fun for all ages. Natakwa News. Pick up your copy today. Natakwa. We're back on Nevada Real Estate Radio. Enjoyed my conversation with Sherry Hill. Let's take a look at the housing market across America. The big news in the U.S. has been that the housing market is cooling as interest rates are continuing to rise. Those mortgage rates are cooling the U.S. housing market and they're sapping. Recent buyer interest heading into the critical spring of this year when most sales are done. Economists, home builders, and real estate agents have seen evidence of a pickup in activity in early this year when rates were down from more than 7% in November down to almost flat at 6.09% in February. And that was enough to encourage other people to come back and think about buying and maybe considering purchasing real estate. But that changed again when the Fed raised interest rates one more time. Well, home builders, sellers, everybody's enticed, but the temporary rate buy-downs to make purchases more affordable many times aren't quite enough. Although prices are sliding from their springtime highs in many markets, it looks like they're going to maintain relative stability in pricing, but interest rates that's where the challenge is. How are people going to be able to afford these higher prices? Now, the stronger-than-expected economic data in the most recent weeks have given some optimism, some expectations that the Federal Reserve to a path of raising short-term interest rates in a very small increment in an effort to cool inflation. Well, that happened, but now it looks like they might go up again. As such, mortgage rates have moved higher for four straight weeks. They're now up to over 6.65%. That's the highest level since early November of 2022, according to Freddie Mac Mortgage. Applications from buyers have slid during that time, and they are now at their lowest levels in 28 years. On a seasonally adjusted basis, according to the Mortgage Bankers Association, those higher borrowing costs are again squeezing affordability. Let's face it, when it comes down to it, it's not about the price you pay for a home as much as it is the monthly payment that you make on that home. So 
A home that was priced the same this year as it was a year or two ago is costing a lot more monthly and at the end because of those higher interest rates. Now, springtime is typically the most important season for the housing market, with about 40% of existing home sales for the year occurring from March through June. These months are especially active in part because, well, families with children have to move and want to move before the start of the new school year. So if mortgage rates are somewhere in the neighborhood of 6% and continuing to go higher, that might be enough to keep people from stepping forward into the market this year. Is that going to happen? Well, nobody really knows because the news changes so fast. But for right now, people are very cautious when they're looking to make offers to purchase a home. They are especially sure that they can afford the home, that they can afford the payments, and that they're getting the right deal so that they can sleep better at night. Recently, I got the latest stats from the Reno Sparks Association of Realtors, and I was talking to one of my real estate associates, Dan Ryder, from Coldwell Banker Select. And he sent me the the stats that he wanted me to talk to you about today because he thinks they're the most important for us to consider if we're looking to buy or sell real estate. Let's look at the median sales price in the Reno Sparks area of northern Nevada. In the last reporting period, $520,000 was the median sales price. How does that compare to one year ago? It's actually down by more than 7%. Let's look at how many closed sales we had in that same period. 259 deals were closed. Now, that's not a very big number when you consider Reno Sparks, Nevada has about 400 to maybe even up to 500,000 people. And we're looking at 259 closed sales. That is way off from last month, down 28.8%. But compared to a year ago, it's down 43.1%. Big changes happen when you raise interest rates to control inflation, or for any reason. Raising interest rates knocks so many people out of the market. Back in the peak of 2022, which was in May, well, it was only taking a few days for a home to get sold once there was a for sale sign put in the yard. Now, on the latest stats, it tells us that it's not just a few days. It's now 56 days on the market. It's what the average is when somebody puts a for sale sign on their front yard. That is a lot longer than it was one year ago. In fact, those 56 days are up by 600%. That means that last year, the days on market was somewhere around seven, eight, or nine days at the most. So the homes are not selling as fast. They're closing for a lower price, and there aren't nearly as many deals done. But, you know, you're thinking, well, maybe I'm getting a better deal now overall. Well, I think that the people that are closing deals, it's true. They're getting better deals, and I'll tell you why. Because one of the big stats that we see from the Reno Sparks Association of Realtors and Dan Ryder is the list price received on a percentage basis for the transactions that happen. Back in May of 2022, the list price received was over 100%. I think it was about 102%. That means that if somebody wanted to sell their home for X number of dollars, they were getting offered more than they were looking to sell it for just because there were so many people in line wanting to purchase a home and that home. 
So people were making decisions real fast. They were offering more money to the seller than the seller was asking for, and they were maybe buying deals that they really hadn't investigated very well. Some people were waiving inspections, not caring about appraisals. They just wanted to make sure that they purchased a home before they were all gone, before the prices got so high that they couldn't afford them. It didn't matter if interest rates were so low. Prices were climbing so fast over the course of the last year that many people, believe it or not, they bought homes sight unseen, just on the word of others in order so that they could be secure in knowing that they bought real estate. Well, that's not the case today. Take that list price received. A year ago, it was over 102%. Today, on the latest stats, it's at 97.4%. That means that on average, the sellers are getting 2.6% less than they're asking for. Well, so people are now willing to do that. They're willing to reduce their price slightly because there aren't as many buyers, because sellers want their home to sell faster than the average of 56 days. But they're not just lowering the price. What are they doing? Some of them are offering to help the borrower. They are putting cash on the table for the buyer so that the buyer can get a lower interest rate. It's called helping the borrower get a buy-down rate. Other things that sellers are doing? Well, some some of them are helping to pay the closing costs associated with a real estate transaction. You know, the closing costs can be things like appraisals, inspections, well inspections if you have inspect, uh, well, a septic inspection if you have a septic system in your property, inspection of the home, the appraisal of the home. All of those costs can add up substantially. In some cases, closing costs can be somewhere in the neighborhood of 3% of the purchase price. That is thousands of dollars. And if a seller is willing to help with some of those or all of those closing costs, well, that helps bring the overall cost of the home down from its original price to the new price received. So that's how you can end up with a list price received of 97.4% on a piece of real estate. And it can be a combination of those things. So the wise investors The wise buyers and the wise real estate are asking the sellers all the same question. Will you negotiate on the closing costs? Can we get a little bit better price? Will you help out the borrower by helping him do a buy-down on his mortgage? All of those things can help, and all of those things add up. And that's a reason why that list price received of 97.4% now is more than 2.5% lower than it was last year. And the summary of that comes down to the median price per square foot sold. So a lot of people, they determine the value of a home just by the number of square feet, and they divide that into the purchase price. Last year, we were just over $300 a square foot in the peak of the season. Now, it's at $289 per square foot. That's down 3.7% from last year. How many new listings do we have in the area? Most recent stats say 292 new listings. That's down a whopping 39% from last year. Active inventory. How many homes are there for sale right now? How many homes are there on the market? 772 is the number we get from the stats. But last year, looking back, we're way up. We're up over 100%. Good reason, right? Homes aren't selling so fast, so they stay on the market longer. And that's actually good news for buyers because you don't have to make those 
quick decisions, those unreasonable decisions that you have to make when there's a line of buyers waiting behind you if you don't take the deal. But the biggest stat at the end is the month's supply of inventory. A year ago, in the peak of the market in 2022, there was no month's supply of inventory. It was really a matter of days. I remember seeing it as low as seven days supply of inventory because homes were selling so fast. Today, we have three months supply of inventory. That's up over 284% from last year. So there is some good news for potential buyers and even for potential sellers because there are still a lot of people interested in purchasing real estate, primary residence, investment property. It doesn't matter. It seems like no matter what the economy, people are looking for the number one investment vehicle in the world, real estate. Next week, my guest is Lisa Marie Wand from the Lisa Marie Wand Group and EXP Commercial Real Estate. We're going to talk about commercial real estate in northern Nevada and how it compares all across the country. And also, a great deal in commercial real estate, Lisa Marie has it. Tune in next week. Please tell your friends and family to tune in again next week, same time, same station, and then we can help them make a great decision too when it comes time to buy or sell real estate. Until then, goodbye, everybody. You have been listening to Nevada Real Estate Radio with Peter Padilla. We value your listenership and appreciate your feedback. Want to talk with Peter? NevadaRealEstateRadio.com. If you love teaching and want to make a difference in the lives of our young children, become a teacher at Community Services Agency Head Start or Early Head Start programs. Hi, my name is Alyssa. I am new to Community Services Agency of Reno. I have a great teaching career at Head Start and Early Head Start, and I just absolutely love working here. Call 775-786-6023 or visit the website csareno.org. If you want the best tax and legal secrets used by successful real estate investors today, contact Sherry Hill, the wealth protection diva at Sage International Incorporated, a local company that's been helping new as well as seasoned real estate investors for over 20 years protect their hard-earned wealth today. To schedule a free 30-minute consultation with Sherry, call 775-786-5515. That's 775-786-5515 to strategize with the Wealth Protection Diva today. Call Sage International. Natakwa. Natakwa News, the original, entertaining, informative, and historic publication. Natakwa News is a community newspaper with good news, history, travel, and fun. Natakwa News is delivered to the north slopes of the Sierra Nevada throughout Nevada and California. It's a delightful experience of yesteryear. The articles are outstanding, and the illustrations bring the stories to life. Fun for all ages. Natakwa News. Pick up your copy today. Natakwa. 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 Natakwa.